What's going on, good people, and welcome into Audio Bistro. I am Austin Krieger, and I'll be your host, your server, your head chef, whatever the hell you want to call me. But at the end of the day, I started up Audio Bistro to highlight talented artists or bands across any genre of indie or EDM music as really a way to drive new ear holes and eyeballs to their music. This platform is all about showing you the artists or artists behind the music in long-form conversations, so when you ultimately go and listen to their music immediately following an episode, you'll feel more connection to the work they're putting in uh, to bring in you these glorious sounds. Be sure to catch a new episode of Audio Bistro every Tuesday and watch for new playlists to drop every two weeks, and at the end of every month, we will be featuring a playlist for just the artists we had on that month. Thanks for checking out Audio Bistro. Let's dive in. Welcome into Audio Bistro, episode two, with Charles Henley, Charlie... My dear good friend, um, brother, certainly from a different mother, but housemate, former one time. Charlie, how are you? Dude, I'm doing amazing, man. It's great to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Well, I am stoked you came on. It's been a long time coming. We were catching up before we, we hit record here that it's been years since we've like had a long-form conversation with each other besides just like stupid texts and sharing good songs with each other. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and lay blame on you for living in New York and you're the one who <laughs> randomly came to Madison, Wisconsin one year to room. Um, we actually got connected through a buddy of mine through high school and then, yeah, you dipped back out to New York. Um, so real quick, let's start there. New York last payphone in New York was just removed or is getting removed. Um, sorry, I guess is, I mean, did you guys, was is there some happening that- in New York? Yeah, dude, I saw that happen. I was like, man, New Yorkers must be bummed. That's like a legendary New York thing is the pay phones. And uh, I, I saw some article where the last one's getting removed. So, like, i um, not sure if New Yorkers were shedding a tear for that one. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. I, I honestly haven't seen any of those around. But it has been crazy since I moved here back in March of 2020. Like, this, the massive amount of transformation that I've seen the city go through. Like, um, even just since moving here... Uh, this entire ecosystem of like electric bikes has like spawned out of nowhere. Um, like literally all the delivery people ride around on electric bikes. I personally ride around on electric bikes to get around. Like it's like the new thing. Um, and obviously going through COVID here in New York was insane. Like I can think of a couple instances where I was like riding a bike through Times Square and it was like just me and like one other person in Times Square, which is usually obviously thousands and thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And it was just the weirdest experience. It felt like a dream. And uh, dude, it was uh, it was pretty crazy. The energy here throughout the whole COVID thing was because uh, New York was like the epicenter of all of it. And I stayed here throughout the entire thing. Um, it was nuts. But yeah, man, been here for two years. Really loving it so far. The music scene's fucking awesome. Uh, it's absolutely insane. And my taste in music has changed a lot since I moved here. And we have some of the world, most world-class venues like Brooklyn Mirage, um, out in Brooklyn, which I actually went to for the first time, uh, a couple of weeks ago to see Disclosure, which was insane, dude. Um, absolutely amazing venue. Highly recommend we go there sometime if you come to visit. Oh, hell yeah. Um, well, what I, I, I'm over two now in my first two podcasts of, uh, forgetting to tell people, you know, what kind of music my artist makes until like we're a couple minutes in. So, let me let me kill that right now here. You mentioning shows like EDM shows, Disclosure. You yourself make. Uh, we were just talking about this like a deep house ish. We're not tied to genres. Charlie, you're very um, uh, what's what's the word? Uh, you, whatever. You don't want to tie yourself to a genre. It's it's it almost feels like Rufus still soul listening to you. Like you said, Disclosure a little bit. You can tell you draw some inspiration from them and a little bit of like Odessa type stuff too. Um, 
so you go to a lot of the shows, is that kind of what started to inspire the sound you got now? Or like, you know, what kind of got you to, you know, the sound that you have right now? Yeah, dude, no, it's a great question. I, uh, as you know, from when we were messing around back in Wisconsin, like I've uh, been playing piano pretty much my whole life. Yeah, you and fucking I've been... slay on the piano. Come on. Don't just, don't just like <laughs> be casual about it. Yeah, dude. No, I, uh, I've loved music ever since I was young and took it very seriously and, and got really into like deep music theory and stuff like that. So that set a really solid foundation for being able to like actually create and write songs quickly. Um, but the difficult part, and I think most EDM music producers would agree is like learning how to use the DAW, right? Learning how to use the software in such a way that you start to close the gap between having an idea of what you want to sound to sound like and actually being able to translate that into the software and, and actually create a song. And, and that would be like what I would consider like the sound design component of uh, EDM production, which is like in art in and of itself. And in fact, some people only focus on sound design. Uh, there's people that literally just do that for a living. Uh, it's an entire science and engineering and art form. Um, but in terms of like finding my sound, yeah, it's definitely been a process. Like it's a, it's something that takes years and years. And I think you, you eventually start to find sounds that you like and sounds that you, uh, that inspire you. And, uh, I've certainly gathered a lot of inspiration from like Rufus disclosure, Odessa, like the ones that you mentioned. And, um, and I think going to shows is a great way to tie the, the sound that you want to create to an experience and like actually experience it. And, um, but right now I'm still very much in the process of finding my sound. I'm still in my very early days of you production. Are. I'm still only two years in at this point, mm -hmm. you know, only a few songs. And, uh, but I think, um, I'm getting to a point where I'm breaking through some plateaus with my understanding of the process. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. You already, every song you've put out has been better than the last, not saying any of them are bad, but like you can tell you've taken each one to a new level. There's a different element, different layer, like someone who actually just like sits down and can just listen to it. You can, you can hell it, it with the buildups into your drops, man. You can tell, I feel like that's where you put the heart and soul into it. Those buildups are nice. And then you come into the drop and hit you with some funky shit. Um, I was going to ask, like, yeah. what are those shows? Do you ever come back from a show and be like, I got to create, I got to sit down and I got to put something on the, on the computer right now. Dude, hundred percent. Like, I think, um, inspiration for me doesn't just come from shows though. Like shows certainly are like, I've certainly got inspired by shows and like, I'll come back and it'll be like two in the morning and I'll just start like hopping on my computer and making shit. But inspiration actually i for me personally comes more from like just day-to-day -day, like life and interactions with people and things that i'm like looking at like visual stimuli like uh inspiration can really come from anywhere not just um not just shows it can come from dreams too um like all kinds of crazy shit it can really come from anywhere and that's what i love about it so uh but i do find that i'm usually able to create my best stuff when i feel that sense of like motivation and inspiration mm -hmm. there, there are definitely days where I will sit down in front of my computer, try to create something and just nothing's coming out. And when that happens, I just step away and, and go do something else. Cause there's no point in forcing it. You bet. Yeah. You're talking like everything that you could read on the internet, just step away when you get the writer's block. But yep. I mean, okay. <laughs> it's all, it's all true. I mean, you started releasing, so it was like 2018 or 19, you put like your first Spotify song out, which one? Yeah, 2020, dude. Was it 2020? Um, I thought it was at least, I thought it was 2019 where you put one out. Maybe I was wrong. Yeah, it was 2020. I put out, uh, I, I made like a bunch of songs, put a bunch of them on Spotify, and then I like 
sort of like kind of changed my taste a little bit. So I took some of them off and left just a couple on. And now I have like a ton of new shit in the works right now. And I'm trying to be more slow and strategic with the releases. And like, ultimately for the music thing for me, bro, it's not about like streams or like anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's all about honing the craft and just getting better. And like, um, I find music to be, you know me pretty well. Music is certainly one of my interests, but it's by far uh, not the only thing I'm interested in. I, I do a ton of other things as well. Um, but I find music to, for whatever reason, be the thing that challenges my brain the most. Um, like it's just, it totally pushes me to a whole new level of getting in the flow zone, as some people might call it. Um, just intense focus. Flow zone. Who got who got stoned out of their mind and came up with that one? <laughs> flow zone. I don't know. Uh, you, <laughs> Maybe us. You saw, we could have. I mean, back in the Madison days. So you mentioned it. When we lived in Madison together, we built the uh, the cardboard box studio. Um, everyone's got to start somewhere. So anyone who wants to, you know, hold judgment, thank you. Um, we literally built a small studio in our regular Madison house with some cardboard boxes. We threw the, I think, did I have my MIDI keyboard at that point? I think yeah, I had my MIDI yeah, keyboard. We had, I think we had some like a uh, computer speakers, something I think. And then just a, com yeah. a computer. And we tried to remix, uh, some like Zara Larson song. I think it was like, never forget you. I think we tried to remix. We, we were just doing, yeah, we made a pretty fire remix. Actually. I think it was I pretty fire. It was pretty good. I, I don't know why we didn't put it out. I mean, uh, stream wise, we could be sitting well over a Billy at this point. I don't know. But dude, knowing, that... knowing what we know now about production, I, I wish we could go back to that time because I remember some of the distinct issues that we were running into trying to create that song. One you of mean, them like being being good at it at the time. <laughs> yeah, that in general. But like, I remember distinctly, we had an issue where we were trying to match up the BPM of like a hi-hat sample to the BPM of our track and we couldn't do it. And now Splice, actually, and this will be interesting for your listeners to hear if they don't already know, but Splice has this uh, bridge plugin where you can actually basically play um, Splice samples in key and in the right BPM, like in real time within your DAW. It's called Splice Bridge. It's sick. And that would have totally solved that problem for us when we were making that song. And I'd so still be making music today if, I, if that would have been a thing because I hated that shit. That was one of the things I spent so much time on was like the adjusting the key, the tone, the pitch. Like, um, man, like I wish I would have had that. But yeah, we, we were we were messing around on that for a while. I don't know if we ever even finished the song. I think we got through the first drop and it was so sick that I think we just put it down and said, I mean, while we're ahead, we should maybe just quit on this one. But dude, that yeah. summer was wild. Had... That house was <laughs> that house was fucking hot. It seemed like that was just a grossly oh hot God, summer in Madison. <laughs> the amount of freezy pops we went through that summer, just probably every money I made of that internship that paid me two dollars an hour on average it came out to be was spent on freezy pops and dunkin donuts i'm pretty sure dude i remember like i remember these nights where you and i we would have to like sleep in the living room with like six fans blown on us dude that shit was fucking <laughs> whack bro and what was up with that house why was it so hot dude i don't know we made it work i mean we had slumber parties in the fucking living room like you just said we just bro down i think we watched a lot of family guy and just let the fans take us so away. much family guy. Let, let the fans take us away into the slumber that was a wild. That was a Dude. wild summer. I had a great mustache going that year. I remember. 
Um, but we didn't get to hang out enough that summer, unfortunately, because my internship kept me at the ballpark. You were working a ton. Yeah, it kept me at the ballpark. Yeah, but dude, I feel like we got we got to know each other quite a bit, though. We spent a lot of time. It was basically every night when we would both get home from work, we would chill for hours, dude. We did. That's a, that we got really close. We did, and um, I should I, before I forget forget because I inevitably will knowing myself. Um, anyone who. Uh, does listen to this podcast uh if you hear any music in the intro or the outro that is that is charlie himself that is his newest song um uh go back to you sorry and which you released in april so we got a little bit of the build and some of the drop of go back to you is the intro and outro to audio bistro right now so snaps for charlie he's got himself Thank you, intro on a Thank podcast you. shout out to being friends um so let's talk about that song man it's fucking sick you know, still being new to releasing music, I guess. What was different about you know creating "Go Back to You" compared to the past ones? Obviously, you've you've learned a lot. You've changed your style up a little bit. But like, what was the biggest thing for you after you step away from that? Yeah, dude. Well, like I said, um, you know, I have the music theory thing down pretty well. Like, I can I can hop in front of a piano and I can start making songs very quickly. But the difficult part for me, and I think any producer as they're just starting off, is like learning all of the different components of electronic music production namely you know you have composition and arrangement right you have the actual like creating the chords the melodies the structure of the song the build the drop the intro outro verse chorus right you have all these like things that you got to create to create like dynamicism and create a story with the song that's like an art in and of itself and i would consider that like the first step in songwriting um but then you have uh, the process of sound design, right? Like picking and selecting the sounds that you actually want to use in the song. And then there's uh, the the whole process of adding the percussion and the bass and, and the linkage specifically between the, the percussion and bass, specifically the kick drum and the bass and how that side chain to one another. And there's all sorts of technical details around how to create a song that has groove and rhythm. And that's something that I've been learning in the beginning. Um, and there's really intricate little like details to that, that in the beginning, you don't really know, you're just not aware of until you get that experience. And I think I still have a lot to learn in that regard as well. Um, and then of course you have like the mixing component, changing the volume and equalization of all the tracks. And, and then lastly, you have the mastering, right? And, uh, when I first started, I just didn't really know much about any of that. In fact, a lot of those terms and the things I'm rattling off right now were terms that I'd never heard before. Um, so you're making it sound like you have to go full ass engineering school. Like full, like you're about to be a rocket ship engineer just to make music. Dude, like shout out to musicians being the true innovators out there. Look at this shit you're talking about right now. Anyone, and if you do, like you don't make music, it's like that's almost a foreign language. What you just said. I mean, like, I, mean, I think trying to cope myself with making music initially for a little bit. What everything you just said was so mind blowing that like when you just think of making music on like the, the face value of it is so much different once you actually get into music and like trying to put out like studio quality music is just nuts. The deep dive. Yeah, dude. No, totally. It's insane. And I I was totally completely unaware of how difficult it would be when I started producing. Like I thought I was going to be able to hop in front of my doll and just start making bangers immediately. And it's just not the case, dude. It just takes a lot of, it takes a lot of time and, and trial and error. Um, specifically. And you see these people like Martin Garrett, Steve Aoki, all these like crazy big names in the industry. And you think that their whole life is just 
partying and like playing sets and shit. But in reality, it's like a lot of deep technical work in front of the, and of course they have teams of people and engineers. I was going to say now for them, it's kind of like, like riding a bike. <laughs> they probably start where you are now. It's just like, everything's just five seconds. They're done. New banger. Yeah, exactly. But in the beginning though, you know, they oh, had yeah. to learn all these details about producing. And I, in fact, uh, those are, are some of the people that I learned some of my, uh, produce production techniques is from watching videos that they made about how they produce. Um, and so it's just, uh, to, I know this is like a long winded way to answer your question, but, uh, the point is, is there's a lot of progression between each song, like you said, and I'm learning new things between each song that I make and I'm dropping another one soon, which I'm excited to, to show you. I'll definitely share it with you as soon as it drops. It's called heaven. And, um, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to drop it. I don't want to say hundred percent, but, uh, this song definitely is like a step up from the last one. And like, you'll see with some of the production that it's like, um, you know, you just got to keep getting better with each track and keep learning. And that's my goal is just to keep producing more and more quality content as I go. I never got to ask. And some... an, 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 sorry. Another thing I was going to say is I'm trying to work with uh, vocalists. So actual, I have like a mic, if you see in my studio, um, and I've never actually tried recording live vocals with a singer before. And so that's one of my personal goals is to like actually start doing that. Dude, I was, I was going to ask that. I mean, you live in New York. I'm assuming you got, you got apartment neighbors, don't you? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah anyone to just come down, knock on your door and just telling you just like, Hey dude, can you like shut the fuck up for a minute? That shit's loud. Dude, I've always wondered why my neighbors have not complained to me yet, but they really haven't. I think uh, we have pretty thick walls here, and I, I don't have too bassy of, like, uh, studio monitors. So, And a lot of times I'm mixing in my headphones, so they haven't gotten to me yet. But, like, I hope my neighbors uh, enjoy the music. Dude, yeah. Pleasure them like, with the sound. Yeah, dude, give them, let them have the sound. I'm sure yeah. they, they, there's no way they complain at that point. Um, yeah. I was, I was going to say I've never got to ask someone – because I guess I didn't figure it out for myself, but I, didn't, I never got to ask someone so early in their music career, like, I guess maybe you maybe you haven't thought this long ahead, but do you have any, like, long thought-out plans with music? Or are you just going to roll with the flow? Do you ever, like, think of maybe one day you'll get to DJ sets, like, do some small small stuff? you ever think of that? Yeah, dude, definitely think about it. I um, But like I said earlier, like, my goal with music isn't to be playing the biggest shows or the biggest, like whatever. It's not much like that. It's more so I'm trying to find an avenue to challenge my mind um, in a way that it's never been challenged before and, and push myself farther than I've ever been pushed before. And I'm just, for whatever reason, have found that music is the way to do that. And, and like, you know, I mean, I, I studied engineering in school. I, uh, I have a lot of uh, interest in other things like art and, and, exercise and there's all sorts of things I like, but music for whatever reason, I find it to be incredibly, um, just like put like pushes my boundaries more than anything else. And so my goal with music is to just keep growing and, and becoming better and better at the craft. And I believe that a lot of things will happen as a consequence of that. Um, in the future, I probably will try to DJ eventually and learn how to do that. Um, dude, you're in New York. I think you, can, one, you could get a show so easy, yeah. especially with your music. You could get, you could get signed up so easy, but what you're saying is exactly like someone with the heart of it. The, that's when you're gonna get the good music. Someone who's got the the heart. That's like they just they just want to make music to challenge themselves. They love it. And it's almost like, shit. I feel like for you, I know you're a Rick Rubin guy. Like I know you love the the deep dive in the music stuff and the music theory. Like someone like you, it's like almost your soul on a on a music sheet almost. And that's when it comes off that way to the listener. That's how you can like truly like find it just just banging out to whatever it is like that's on your headphones that day. 
Yeah, dude. No, I I, I listened to uh, there, there's a really interesting podcast with the uh, with Rick Rubin, like you said, and Lex Friedman, dude, who's Lex an MIT artificial yeah. intelligence researcher. <laughs> yeah, you know of him, and they do, and it's an interesting interview because. Lex has never really interviewed like someone like that before, I, I don't think. And so to have those two people talking to each other was awesome. And um, I learned a lot of things just by listening to uh, Rick Rubin and some of the thoughts that he had in that podcast. But like one of the things that I've been thinking about lately and that really hung me up when I first started producing is like as an engineering mindseted type person, I uh, am always trying to find the most efficient ways to do things and like trying to find processes and algorithms for like how to build things right and that's what an engineer does but the thing with music is like it's just not like that you can't there is no right or wrong way to create music you can start with the vocals you can start with the beat you can start with a melody the chords like you can start with just an idea uh, uh, with a picture you know mm -hmm. or a conversation it's like anything can start and be the blossom that like leads into a whole song and i'm just trying to be more receptive to those like inner intuitions that i'm having about um, what's like inspiring me and motivating me and like letting them grow into music, if that makes sense, um, rather than trying to force it into like a process. No, it does. I was going to ask, uh, what around New York inspires you? Surely like people dressing like rats on the street and stuff. That must be some inspiring <laughs> shit that makes you uh, like, Hey man, I want to make music now. Look at that. What is the weirdest yeah, thing dude. you've ever seen in New York? Like just honest, like, come on subway, wherever it is. What's the weirdest shit you've seen in New York? Oh my God, dude, I've seen so much weird shit, but I, I was actually just telling my friend today, um, one of the weirdest things I ever saw was basically, and this isn't even that weird now that I think about it, now that I've lived in New York for two years, I'm like, this is just pretty normal. But uh, when I was celebrating my one year uh, anniversary of living in New York, uh, my friends and I had done like a scavenger hunt and there was like all sorts of shit on it. But the, the first one was like the, it was like a thousand points. It was like the biggest one. Uh, you had to get a video or a picture, by the way, of all these things in order for it to count. And the, the top thing was a video of homeless person pooping uh, on the on the ground. And and it's sad. Dude. It's like a massive it's, homeless It's not cool, but I'm sure it took five minutes. But, like, dude, it was the first thing I saw when I turned the corner, like, leaving my apartment. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to win the scavenger hunt. I didn't even, like, try and uh yeah well dude it was, I, uh, I see videos of the, the i see things. videos of that on instagram without like i don't even look for it it just like ha it seems like every other day i get a video of some new yorker doing something like how does this how do we how do we get here kind of thing but um i feel i had a actually an idea with some friends walking around the park the other day um and you're from new york so you might be able to add some perspective to this i had an idea for a new twitter account um called pigeons of new york and I wanted to get your insight on what would a pigeon from New York be tweeting? What would its like first three tweets be about just shit that pigeons see in New York? Oh my God. Just one, well, what would they... one good tweet? Pigeons see everything. <laughs> they literally got the bird's eye view of New York and they got to catch it all. And I'm, I'm sure if a pigeon had an accent from New York, it'd be Italian. They'd have a pizza shop. Uh, they'd smoke cigarettes. Am I missing Dude, anything on the, the pigeons of New York? Dude, New York has, like, it totally has those, like, stigmas around it. But I've found New York to be actually, like, and I'm not even, like, just drinking the New York Kool-Aid, but I found it to be, like, quite a magical place, dude, in the sense that um, just the fact, like, when you're up on a rooftop in New York and you're looking out at all the buildings, like, there's just this sense of complete awe and wonder because 
New York is a fabrication of, of like hundreds of years of technological innovation and building and construction and like millions of human beings that have came together and collaborated to like create this massive ecosystem of economy, uh, knowledge and engineering and thought leadership. And it's just like this amazing place to be. And uh, so there's definitely like all this like funny shit, like with your, you know, bodegas, like you get to know your bodega guy, the guy who makes your like dirty fucking bagel sandwiches in the morning, which is, they're always so dank and cheesy. Uh, but like, there's definitely an aspect of New York that like really just blows my mind, dude. And I, I really think I'll probably live here for the rest of my life. I don't know if uh, I'll be like here all the time, but I will definitely try to have like a, a home base here for a good portion of time, man. Well, that's cool. And uh, maybe that's more of like a, what an intellectual pigeon would say. Dude, uh, you, you are the in, you, you you <laughs> are the intellectual pigeon of New York. There's no doubt about that. Dude, I I don't I'll take that title. That's not too bad. No, dude, that that's all good. Um, but yeah, you're you're not wrong about that. New York is that you see the pictures of New York like 1920 even to now, just like a hundred year difference of New York to now. It's uh, you would have thought you traveled to a different world. Like same thing with like uh, places in India. It's just insane how advanced places get within a 20 30 40 50 year timeline dude it's nuts bro and like the uh if you see some of the skyscrapers here they're like super tall and skinny i don't know if you've ever seen like some of those uh new buildings that they're building but like even in the last five ten years they've built like you know the entire hudson yards like uh development which is like five or six massive skyscrapers grouped together. Like there's so much construction going on here. I'm curious to see what the skyline will look like in another five, 10 years. But dude, I'd love for you to come out and visit, bro. Like I would, I would love it. It would be awesome. And I'd really like to get back out to Wisco too, to visit you. Cause is that where you're living these days? Oh man, we're in Seattle. We're doing, we're doing, oh, yeah, we're doing yeah, big things. Well, not technically Seattle, just outside of Seattle, but we're doing big city things on the opposite, opposite side of the country from you. But gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're not in Wisconsin anymore, buddy. That that uh, literally that that ship has sailed. <laughs> oh my god, coming out here is just like I tell everyone, it's like just a repeat. Me on repeat. It's just a different different world when you come out here from Wisconsin to Minnesota. So, and uh, I can't I can't say I'm ambitious to buy a house out here. I want a house one day, but um, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when it comes. Um, but obviously, when I was talking to with thinking about New York and uh, you being there. If you had to visit New York, because I do want to go there. I've never been to New York. That is a mission I hate to make because I feel like I should have made it there by now. If you had, like, a hole-in-the-wall spot that you had to go to or some kind of, like, speakeasy spot, like, as someone who's never been there that you have to go to, you got one spot you have to go to. Yeah, well, I would definitely, like, recommend... I, I've recently been getting much more into, like, watching the live music, especially, like, the the house and EDM shit here in New York. Like, it's just insane. Um, I would highly recommend going to Brooklyn Mirage. That's by no means a hole-in-the-wall spot. Well, like, definitely got to get there, out, out to a show if you're able to make it. They just did Brooklyn these amazing Mirage. renovations. Yeah, the Brooklyn Mirage. It's a... It's basically, like, this giant complex where it's, like, there's an indoor side of it that's called Avant Gardner which has like basically a giant warehouse that's been retrofitted to have a bunch of like speakers and sound systems and lighting. And it's dope. Uh, really famous people come to perform there all the time. And then you have Brooklyn Mirage, which is like this uh, completely open to the atmosphere, um, like performance stage that has these crazy LCD screens and just like an absolute production of sound and light um, where a lot of big names come and just rip up the stage. So we'd have to go there to a show if you came, but that's not hole in the wall. 
Um, no, there's some um, some other there's some other clubs and stuff out in that Brooklyn area as well. But I really like um, really like this place called the Jane Hotel, which is pretty cool. Um, they have like super good music and it's fun vibes, but also not hole in the wall. I uh, I haven't been going out honestly as much as I used to to like bars and shit. I've been kind of on more of like a mindfulness journey. Um, yeah, dude, I've I've like, I've noticed that like and shit. So, dude, I just watching watching your Instagram come to life, I guess, and your TikTok come to life, and you're giving piano lessons out there on TikTok now. Almost like you've become a <laughs> a, a musician, like just like a full ass musician now, just telling people the good word, spreading the good word of music, and uh, putting on your TikTok and giving like almost like like lessons, and like you've been ripping the piano on there, doing your own thing, but. Um, that's what you, that I was going to say you should do. You should just set up at malls and start playing the piano at malls, make an extra buck that way. Why not? Dude, if everything goes to shit one day, then I, I always got that as a backup. So <laughs> well, dude, you, <laughs> there's always that. You actually, and then, so are you in your room right now? Did you turn that thing into like a, a full studio? It looks like I've seen that thing come to life as well. Like you got the speakers, yeah. you got the foam pads. It's not much. You got two, um, so I got dually like... screens. Yeah, I got studio monitors, uh, I got the keyboard, I got dual monitors, a couple audio interfaces, and I got the uh, the microphone, which is like pretty much all you need to get started. Um, well, not much. Your bedroom is... looks like the size of like a normal $2,000 apartment somewhere in New York or Seattle. So I think yeah, you, got, yeah. you got it good. Yeah, I got it all right, dude. I um, I definitely like my apartment. It's like a good amount of space for New York and for the price that I'm paying. Like, uh, I was able to secure a pretty good, like, COVID deal. Um, but, yeah, dude, the, the prices here are just, like, insane. Like, uh, you're paying, like, three grand to live in a shoebox in some instances, depending on what part of the city you're in. It's yeah. fucking nuts. And you know what's crazy is, like, the reason, like, not there's, like, not a mass exodus from New York or something is because you go anywhere else and prices are just still just, like, insane so like people are like actually moving to New York because they're like, well, it's like an extra couple bucks. Not really, but you know, it's an extra little bit at this point. Comparatively, I can go somewhere I don't like as much and still pay a whole crap load. So why? Yeah, dude, I feel like Seattle's got to be like right in that same ballpark. Like, I mean, it, it can't be that much cheaper. Yeah, like, man, I, I refuse. Still a major city. I refuse to have conversations with anyone with a mortgage because it just makes me sad. I want to go home and cry them because people with a mortgage and a house and a yard and a lot of space are paying way. Way less than we pay for our for our uh, apartment that shouldn't be that much, but hey, it is what it is. Love it, happy. <laughs> it's you go on, live with it. Yeah, dude, exactly. And I, I kind of like the flexibility of like not being locked down in a house. Like it totally makes sense for some people if you're at that stage in your life. But I'm definitely at a stage where like I want to be able to like be a little bit more mobile and more flexible. So it's worth yeah, it dude. to me to you know what pay I like. I, I mean, I love being on here too. Guys, I'm I've officially become a coffee addict and i love trying new coffees and like even new kombuchas i feel like there's a ton of different like kombucha stuff out here it's it feels like such a seattle thing you guys got like a you got like a go-to drink when you're when you're doing anything just go to dude i'm a massive coffee guy hell yeah cold brew all the time hell yeah like always always drinking coffee like i'm a very stimulant driven person <laughs> i definitely uh you block those sleep receptors yeah, <laughs> I'm always up late. Yeah. I'm up early. I'm Damn. not sleeping much. Man. Um, but, it, dude, no, getting good sleep is, like, very, very important. And that's something that, like, I've been realizing, too, as a creator. Like, to be creative and to, like, get into a good, like, mindset to be able to, like, produce quality stuff. Like, you need to be, like, well-rested. Like, dude. no doubt about that. If you're tired, like, you just can't – you can't produce the level of focus necessary to, like – 
make good stuff. Dude, doesn't Elon Elon sleep like six hours? I think like I saw something one time where he said he slept like six hours. I was like, how the fuck is this dude sleeping six hours? And then he's going to run like six, seven projects that take one human a lifetime to run, and he's doing it just every day casually and sleeping six hours a day. <laughs> Yeah, dude. I think Elon has some sort of like mutation or He's something. Just a robot uh, alien different. hybrid is what he is. Yeah. There's something different about his brain. He just has so much computational power. It's an it um, is, it's insane. But I, I I'm I'm stoked for uh for you, man. Uh you got um I was gonna ask, you got the so you got heaven coming up, it sounds like. Um mm-hmm. I was gonna ask, anything else on the on the hot play on the, the the warmer for you besides it sounds like you're working on some projects, you got heaven is the the biggest one. Anything anything else for you? What about you got a big show, something that you want to go to? Yeah, dude. So I'm just um like as you know, I'm I'm definitely working like a, a nine to five full time like thing. So I uh and I'm I'm ve- I actually like it a lot. I'm very focused on that. So I have a, a lot of work that I'm doing other than the music stuff, but Dude, when it, whenever I get free time, I'm like going full in on the music and I'm trying to just create the best stuff I can. And so I have a, a bunch of projects in the works and kind of just letting my intuition guide me as to like when I'm going to release them mm-hmm. and uh, which ones I'm going to release. And so I don't really have like a set schedule or anything like that. And like I was saying earlier, don't really have much set expectations for what I want to come out of all of this, you know, but I definitely want to create music that my listeners like to listen to. And, uh, and keep building a community and building an audience of people that enjoy um, not only learning about music, but like participating in like, I think music, and at least for you, and I think for most people, I know certainly for you, this is one of the main reasons we connected so much, but like, think about a life without music. Like, I just, I can't even imagine it. I, yeah, I listen to it all the time. I listen to it when I'm working out. I listen to it when I'm walking down the street. I listen to it at concerts, like in the car driving dude it's fucking all day long every day yeah dude. and i think most people like have music as a main part of their life whether they're aware of it or not like it, i can't imagine life without it so well dude i'm I, glad that it's a big part of it i don't vacuum without music i don't clean without music i don't go to the bathroom without music i mean i go to sleep with like waves playing like i need some kind of wave like waveform going when i'm sleeping even so it's like it never stops just penetrating my ear holes man like always need Hell some yeah. always need something going on but um Hey, I, I have an idea. I want to run past you. Should I? I mean, should I run with Audio Bistro and have people start coming in, tell people to bring some food, and we can just talk about a food thing every time someone's on the podcast? Should we do that? If you could have brought one food, thing, if you could have brought one thing from your fridge to eat today during the podcast, what would it have been? Oh, dude, my fridge is so. Um, what's the word? disappointing there's like i think i have like three coronas and like a jar of like mayonnaise or some shit oh. like there's just nothing in there because my work actually uh, like feeds oh. like feeds me breakfast lunch and dinner so my fucking fridge is just destroyed but um all right I so would charlie would have brought, brought mayonnaise you would have brought mayonnaise <laughs> to the podcast yeah i would have brought some coronas or something no but i love watermelon dude watermelon hands down my favorite food love that shit okay that's fair dude i fuck with watermelon heavy i mean my fridge is the same way we just we order freshlies and otherwise you know it just unfortunately for no dude, freshlies oh dude it's nice and but then for no good reason are we just scamping for food the rest of the week just like we literally are right next door to a qfc which is like our grocery store out here walk there and two minutes or less and but regardless our fridge is just remains empty for unbeknownst to me i'm mostly to blame since i work from home but it's like why yeah dude no freshlies um 
when I moved to the city, I was, I, I've never been one to cook much and I was never very good at it. So I was trying to figure out the most efficient way to nourish my body and just remove the whole, like having to think about preparing and eating food. And, uh, I, I identified freshly as the best way Dude, to do that. It's, it's delivered right to your door. It's yeah. full, you just microwave it and you eat it. Dude, I did that shit for a year, bro. And, uh, eventually I, uh, and dude, I really liked it while I did it, but eventually it just got to the point where I was just eating the same shit every day. Yeah, like, you run through is, the food. I can't point. do it anymore. You do, but they there's the a trade off. Peppercorns. Oh, you got the fucking... in the bachelor life, man, that was ninety percent of my orders were just a steak peppercorns. You get your, your little your below average piece of steak, small little piece of steak, your your mashed potatoes, and those really skinny green beans. But like <laughs> beans, yeah. Give me give me that half-assed food bef- instead of having to like whip something up at eight p.m. Sit down eight, eat dinner at eight thirty, eight forty-five every night, dude. Like you come off a work day, you want to like you pretty much have to go from working to making food, eating that food, and you're in bed within like two three hours. A normal person, not you. I don't go to bed early, but like you're pretty much wrapping up your stuff at nine o'clock, and you have yet to enjoy a single second of that day. So it's like, yeah, dude. Hell no. Give me that freshly. It makes the day so much more efficient. And, like, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Like, the steak peppercorn was definitely – I was ripping that one, like, all the time. That was one of the better mm-hmm. ones. The chicken parm, I would rip that with the broccoli. Um, I'm trying to think of all the other ones. Dude, I was eating those ch- things, like, every day, bro. They got some good like pasta. chicken teriyaki. They yeah, got some good, good pasta. One. They got they got a couple uh, – some good ones in there. We, we bring back. We keep them on rotation. But, um, but you know what, yeah. Charlie? Um, I am stoked for you to continue to make music wrapping this back up getting off of the food but hey it, titles audio beach we might as well tie in food here and there why not and i think i'm gonna start Dude, telling, i think it's a great to answer was, your question i think it's a great idea you should totally do it yeah yeah i was i'm gonna start telling people like hey bring something to the bring something eat something and then i'll i'll try to bring something myself and we'll we'll talk about food too just uh why not who fucking cares at this point we're we're, we're two episodes in we're just trying to make anything stick to the wall it's literally just flinging shit to the wall and see what sticks man but um yeah, dude. to wrap it all up uh finish this tangent stoked for heaven i'm stoked for you to keep growing um of course it's a big reason this podcast is a is a thing this platform is a thing it's like people like you who i want to i want to give some shine to you it's hard as fuck to get your name out there especially when you got like gods in the game they're not stopping making music either ben you know they can get access to whatever they want so uh anything anything i can do to help out people get their music out because clearly if you listen to this full episode bless your heart but you can tell that people bust their ass for this kind of thing so it's like Man, getting some shine for it sometime would probably be would probably be all right for some people. But dude, absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me, bro. And like I wanna help you as well. And like, dude, this is a team effort, man. We're all <laughs> just here trying to fucking like make this shit happen. So we're all just uh, here. yeah, man. You bet, man. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Um, Charlie, what what do you what do you think people can listen to you on the most? Spotify, SoundCloud? Yeah, Spotify and SoundCloud. I got my stuff's on every platform pretty much. Um, but yeah, Spotify, I'd say is probably the main one. I think that's what like, most people use. If I had to take a guess, I think most people use Spotify. I know I do personally, but yeah. Um, yeah, I go man. Spotify. I'm, I'm out on all of it. Okay, cool. We're Spotify heavy. Charlie, you are on playlist of Audio Bistro. They're unreleased, but you are on there. We, we got the newest track. Go back to you on there. And again, go back to you is on Spotify. It's on SoundCloud. Listen to it on Spotify and soon listen to it on Spotify on Audio Bistro exclusively. Please. Thank you. We love you, Charlie, brother. We will see you soon, but thank you so much for coming on. Love you too, bro. Thanks for having right. me, man. And let's stay in touch. Yes, all right, sir. See you, bro. See you.